It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It is June, and you know what that means. It's officially NBA Draft Month. We are 23 days away from the NBA Draft and the big decision the Orlando Magic have to face. A lot of people around the NBA world seem to think they know who the Magic are going to pick. So we're going to talk to someone who knows that guy well. We're speaking to Zach Zach Blackerby Blackerby of Locked On Auburn today about Jabari Smith on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 1st, 2022. My name is Philip Rosmerich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk, talk with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn. Learn a little bit more about Jabari Smith. I'll give my thoughts on him as a prospect coming up here before we get into that conversation. But before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every single day. Obviously, big, exciting time for the Orlando Magic. We're so happy to have you on board. I saw those YouTube subscribers up above 600. Super, super exciting. Um, if you aren't already subscribed to our channel on YouTube as well, subscribe and download wherever you download podcasts from the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your team every day. Um, before we get into the conversation here uh, with Zach, just a couple of quick thoughts about, about Jabari Smith on my end. I'm sure I'll repeat some of them. Uh, coming up later in the conversation. But um, to me, uh, I have been, you know, I, I will continue to say this. I, I, I still don't think the Magic have pinned down who they're going to take. Um, I don't think that they have that set. It's still very early in the process. We did get a fresh mock draft from uh, Jonathan Gavoni of, dra- of uh, ESPN.com. Um, and he seems to think what uh, what's really kind of been the consensus around the league since the... Uh, since the NBA draft lottery took place. And that is, everyone seems to believe that Jabari Smith is the top prospect on the board, or, or one of, the, or at least one of the top prospects on the board, and the guy that fits the magic to a T. Um, I have heard a lot of the criticisms and, and a lot of the thoughts um, about uh, about Jabari Smith, and, and, and I think some of them are true. Um, I won't deny it. I've had Paolo Bencaro on top of my board since the NCAA tournament, um, I did a mock draft, obviously, with uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network, where the Magic got the number one pick, and I took Paolo with that. Um, but I would say 
it's all really, really even. And like I said yesterday, there's there's really no bad choice here. I have since kind of changed my tune a little bit. Um, I think that if the Magic were drafting tomorrow, and I think I even said this you know, on draft night, on lottery night, if the Magic had to draft tomorrow, I think they would take Jabari Smith. The, the mixture of his shooting ability, which would just step on the floor immediately and make an impact for this team, his defense and his length, which as we all know are calling cards of this Magic team, um, are just too much for this or for this group to pass up on, or just too much for this group to to um, not to, to not have to not put in in their back pocket and, and not and not use. Um, it is just a, a really 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 um, really good package of of, of of skills. Now, like I've said, I think the big criticism of him is his ability to attack off the dribble, his ability to get se- to to consistently get separation and get all the way to the basket and. I think those are all really fair criticisms and, and one of the reasons why you might dock him some points. If you're going to pick a number one draft pick and, and you're hoping that number one pick becomes your star player, you expect him to be a consistent 20-point-per-game scorer. You expect him to be a guy you can build your offense around. You expect him to be a guy that can win you game, win you games late, that can, that can step in and win big games with the ball in his hands. That's what the Magic want to see. That's what the Magic want from this player. That's what any team wants from a number one pick. And I would agree that Jabari Smith didn't really show that at Auburn. In a lot of ways, sometimes he was too passive. Sometimes he was too much on the perimeter, too much on the fringes of of the game. And I, and I think those are all fair questions for people who are not on the Jabari Smith boat. Like I said, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I don't think there's a bad choice for the Orlando Magic in this situation. Um, and I think that's that's a really, really exciting prospect for this team. And we are now joined by the host of Locked On Auburn, Zach Blackerby, the man in the hot seat. Uh, he, he tells me Auburn's new to this basketball thing uh, or being good at basketball. It's, it's been a while yeah. since the since the, the Chuck Person, Charles Barkley days. Chumo Kiki's around. We love we love Big Chum here in, or, in Orlando. Sure. But the guy we want to talk about is uh, Jabari Smith first. H- how you doing, man? H- how does it feel to, to, to be part of this number one draft pick conversation? It's weird, man. Uh, it's weird, Philip. I mean, the you know, folks in Orlando were reaching out to me a, a month ago. Folks in Houston were reaching out to me. It's like this is this is interesting. I've gone on to talk about NFL draft picks, but yeah, uh, Jabari Smith is uh, he's a talk of the NBA right now. When you know, obviously, you know, Auburn's kind of built its basketball program here in the last few years. He obviously had the Final sure. Four appearance a few a few years ago. Um, when when Jabari Smith arrived at, at Auburn, at Auburn, you know, obviously, what was the expectation for him? I know he was a very highly rated recruit. I think he was like fifth or sixth in some recruiting rankings uh, entering the season. But as a as a freshman entering this team, what was the expectation for him and what he would provide this season? I mean, he was the he's the highest player, highest recruited player in the the history of Auburn basketball, and so. Mm-hmm. There was this expectation of once he was done at Auburn, it would be Charles Barkley than him. And, you know, it, it may be that just with how special uh, of a season that he had, you know, obviously leading Auburn to an SEC regular season championship and a tournament run that was a lot shorter than a lot of people wanted. But, I mean, just you talk about impact on a program. Jabari Smith is it, especially if if the Magic call his name, I mean, with the branding that Auburn basketball has been able to do behind Bruce Pearl, who's the best marketer on the planet, you're going to see Jabari Smith's face all over the place. Every time a recruit comes in to visit, I mean, you just talk about 
what Auburn fans got when Jabari Smith agreed to to come to the play for the Tigers. Uh, it's a program changer. That's what a lot of people expected, and he lived up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, obviously Auburn uh, Auburn had such a, an incredible season. They they were my pick to win the national championship. You know, the NCAA tournament is the cruelest. I wish you would have been right. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's it's it the, the tournament is brutal single elimination tournaments stink and and i'm very happy that you know jabari smith will hopefully not have to be in very many single elimination games uh moving forward but sure you know when you look when you, what, what stands out to you uh you know as an auburn fan what stood out to you kind of immediately about his game i mean we know the numbers i'll, I'll share the numbers coming up here but what was the yeah. biggest impression that that he made when we stepped on the floor for you auburn's never seen a guy like this play inside of you know Auburn Arena, now named Neville Arena, unless Kentucky came to town, right? And so just seeing a guy that was so smooth and, I mean, basketball just looks easier to him than the other nine guys that are on the floor, no matter who they were playing. And Auburn fans never really, I still don't think they really got used to it, even after a full season with him, just because we've never had that. And, you know, Chumo Kiki was just outside of the lottery a few years ago, as you guys know, Isaac Okoro was a top five draft pick, but those guys either peaked late and you didn't get to see it that often, or they were defensive players. They were guys that didn't really want the basketball. Jabari wanted the basketball and it's like, okay, Auburn, all right, we got our, our, our lottery pick that finally wants to score with the basketball. And Philip, I mean, obviously when you have a guy like that, it changes your offense. And so early on in the season, Auburn had... Some, some key freshmen like Jabari Smith and then a bunch of guys because this was the first full season with the transfer portal rules being what they are. And so Auburn started a ton of transfer guys. And so there was this assumption of like, man, there's all this talent led by Jabari Smith. But then after that, it was like, well, how long is it going to take for these guys to get to know each other with all these transfers? I mean, they've been playing together for like a month or so before the season started and they hit the ground running. And a lot of that had to do with Jabari Smith because whenever Auburn needed points, they would just give it to Jabari. And even when he was covered, his, I mean, his release is just smooth as butter. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that, I, I think that's kind of, you know, what you get when, when you look at what Jabari Smith did at Auburn. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think the numbers really speak for, them, speak for themselves. If, if my page will load, I'll be able to share them with you. 16.9 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, shot 42.9% uh, overall from the floor. 42% from beyond the arc, five and a half three-point attempts per game. It's it's really kind of funny that that you say um, that that the big impact that he made was that, that Auburn finally had a guy who who wanted to score the ball because when you listen to some of the draft experts um, talk about him and try and kind of differentiate Jabari between the the two other guys, Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro, who are considered uh, sure. in the Magic's running for the number one pick here. Um, yeah. Everyone seems to believe that, that Jabari's big knock on him is that he's not going to have the ball in his hands or he hasn't shown that he can be a scorer off the dribble or that he can be a scorer attacking um, off the bounce and kind of that primary score. It's kind of saying, well, this is just a, a really high-level 3 and D guy, which is selling Jabari short, but but there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of NBA people, or at least a lot of NBA draft people, who think that you know maybe he hasn't shown enough of yeah. that kind of star quality in, in obviously only a year at Auburn, but in the year at Auburn, do you do you find that kind of bunk? Is is that is that just NBA scouts looking for a reason not to like this kid? Which you know everyone kind of does at this time of year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. When you look at what Auburn does with Bruce Pearl, extremely guard dominant stuff, 
And so you know, we mentioned some of those transfers. Auburn had three transfer guards come in, and they all were essentially starters. They all played around the same minutes. And two of those three guys, once they get the ball, they, they didn't pass it a whole lot. Wendell Green Jr. And, um, and, and Katie Johnson, those guys just, when they got the ball, they either attacked or, or, or they shot it. And you didn't really see them do a whole lot of other things when it came to distribution. And so... I don't think that was Jabari's fault. In fact, you know, down the stretch towards the end of the season, Auburn's offense really, really cooled off. And the only guy that could buy a shot was Jabari Smith. But it was this weird thing where I think Bruce Pearl wanted his other guys to have the green light and feel like he trusted them and kind of shoot out of the slump. And just they never really got out of it. And so you'd see these guys, you'd see these guards go, you know, one for eight from behind the arc. While Jabari shot it, you know, seven times, it was, you know, a, a crisp six of seven from the floor kind of thing. And it's like, why isn't he shooting it more? And I think it had to do with him understanding the belief, I guess the mindset, whether this is true or not. But I think this was what the belief was, you know, these guards need to find ways to, to get involved, especially towards the end of the season when you kind of want to peak in March. And Auburn didn't peak in March. In fact, that's really when they bottomed out. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a, a lot of Jabari supporters would probably say that. You know, I would certainly say from the from the Auburn games that I watch. You know, no offense to, to the guards here, but and, and college is certainly a, a lot more guard driven than I think the NBA yeah. will be. But but it it always felt like they were the ones kind of pushing that pushing the action away from Jabari and and Jabari like to his credit still found ways to score, still found ways to impact games. Just from his shooting alone, it's it's gonna he's gonna impact a game just because he can he can space space the floor out. Um, you know, I, I always have this theory, especially about freshmen, they tend to defer to to older teammates. Um, you, you know, because they're, they're coming in fra- new into these situations. You know, sometimes yeah. you see freshmen choose non traditional powers just because that's where they can shine the most. Um, but it, it it did it feel like to you that this was also a situation where Bruce Pearl was trusting. You know, older players who transferred transferred in necessarily than over the freshmen that that you know was kind of taking this team by storm. Yeah, and you know, Bruce Pearl at some point in the season, I don't remember when it was Philip, but he pulled Jabari inside and said, it, essentially, "Hey, it's time. Let's do this." And you saw him towards the end of the season take on a bigger role. Um, it wasn't as consistent as folks would have liked it to be. I'm sure both the NBA draft community and the Auburn fans uh, th- that are following along, I think everybody wanted more Jabari Smith. The The thing that limited Jabari in all of this was his presence around the basket consistently. Um, he was great. He's a great shooter, but he can't really he can't really engage and attack the basket consistently. And you could tell during the middle of the season, he was trying to, and it just, um, it just never really happened. A lot of turnovers, um, a lot of just, you know, it would go out of bounds and it's like, you know, the, that really seemed to be kind of the thing where it's like, I think Bruce really wanted more out of Jabari and that just never really became part of his game. You know, and again, I think that's part of the concern for a lot of scouts is, you know, can he be the the guy that you give the ball to and, and score? It, it, from what you saw, obviously, you know, maybe it didn't work so much in the context of, of the season that Auburn had. Um, but is that an area where you think Jabari can can take another step up, can take another step? Now, obviously, going in the NBA is a different animal, but is, is this something where there are signs at least that he could reach reach that level? 
I think so. I mean, this is a kid that was the first to show up to practice every day. Um, you know, his dad's a former pro. And so, you know, Jabari talked about this as far as the way he was raised, he was taught what it takes. He was shown that literally his whole life. I mean, since he's been able to dribble, he has been willing to put in extra work in order for him to get to where he has been um, up to this point. And so, yeah, I think so. I mean, this is a guy that wants to be the best basketball player to ever live. That That is what Jabari Smith's goal is. And he's not a dude that's just saying that. I think he's put his money where his mouth is. I mean, there were... There were instances where after the games, he would go back out and, you know, shoot free throws and things like that. And so just this constant devotion to the craft, um, I think it's a big deal. And so you'd have to think once an NBA coaching staff gets his, gets their hands on him, that's only going to escalate um, what he's able to do, I would think. Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Zach to tell you a little bit about Built Bar. You've been asking for it probably. I don't know if you have. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. But the Built Bar granolas are here. Built, built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, and white chocolate berry. And if you've had the Built Bars, you know that they, they changed the game with their protein bars. Low-calorie, 100% chocolate protein bars. Now comes 100% chocolate, low-calorie granola bars. It's the best thing in the world. With 150 calories and 15 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar built granola bars will literally change your world. Well, maybe not literally, but they'll change your snacking world, which is pretty important too. If you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to built.com right now to get built granola bars. Again, three delicious flavors to try. Don't miss out. You got to get yours today. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your again. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. We now need you. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $1 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks again for all your help. And of course, thanks for listening as well. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, uh, and and of course the the other side of of that coin with with Jabari and and again I think it's an emblematic of that drive is he is already considered a, a, an NBA level defender. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit uh, uh, what kind of an impact did you know? Obviously Walker Kessler is back there who is a fantastic shot blocker. You know another sure. kind of late first. You know honestly I have him on my board for the Magic in the second round of the draft. So maybe we could talk a little bit about him then. Um, yeah. But what kind of an impact did did Jabari Smith make defensively and and, and are the 
defensive accolades warranted. Yeah, I mean, I think effort is a huge thing. And, like, I don't care how good Jabari was offensively. If he did not put effort in on the defensive side of the floor, Bruce Pearl would not have put him on there. Like, I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, how he's built this program is with effort and with defense. And so, I mean, it's length, right? I mean, Jabari's length is just, it's ridiculous. And I'm sure you've talked about that a ton. And that's really, I mean, you look at the guy and it's like, yeah, a normal person's arms aren't that long. Are not <laughs> you to know? <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, just the way he impacts passing lanes is just such a big deal. And um, I, I, I think his athleticism, just to be able to defend multiple positions, is extremely encouraging as well. Um, you know, I don't know how familiar you are, are with watching NBA basketball, but, but it always feels like there, there are certain college players who – you know, the college game is very different from the NBA game. There's obviously the zone. Sure. There's, you know, obviously, I think maybe a bigger emphasis on bigs. There's, you know, the three-point lines closer in. Um, it, to yep. me, it, it it feels that way with a lot of the, these top guys. It feels like Jabari Smith is made more for the NBA game than the college game. Um, if that if that makes sense, if that makes sense, it, it is is some of the things that maybe Jabari struggled with a little bit. You know, whether it's defensively, whether it's offensively. Do you see him kind of taking taking what he's good at and, and, and kind of letting and letting that explode at the at the NBA levels? Is is he a player that is built more for that kind of space and space and pace of the NBA than than for the college game? I think so. I think so. I mean, especially when when you look at his traits. I mean, uh, the NBA draft is all about traits, and it's like, can this guy be a superstar in you know just a few seasons? And that's what the Magic are asking, right? Like, who can be the biggest, who, who's most likely to be a superstar of these three guys? And I just think Jabari has more of it than the other guys. Um, now, I've watched more Jabari than the other guys, but I, I think the way he starts his career in Orlando is as a 3 and D guy. Like you said, uh, over the course of, uh, you know, probably his first few seasons, but his, his jumper is ready. His defense is ready. I think he's got the athleticism. Um, it'll be fun to see, you know, what an NBA squad does with his size and then also, you know, eventually creating his own shot. And I, I wish I remember who wrote what I read, but, you know, can, can somebody, I, I read something uh, the other day about, can, can you draft a guy that cannot consistently make his own shot with the first pick in the NBA draft? And, and you, you would know the answer to that question better than me, but if you feel like he can develop into that, um, which the person writing this thought that he would eventually. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think I think you made a good take there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm always of the opinion that you take your guy in the draft no matter who it is and no matter where yeah. it is. And so, you know, if again, if it, 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 when you're at the first pick, you're looking at who is the best player in the draft. And, and with the skills that Jabari has, you know, certainly the Magic need outside shooting more than anything. If Jabari Smith comes in and just hits, you know, 40% on threes his rookie year, which is a big ask, obviously. Um, sure. It's it, that's, that's, that's going to help this magic team be significantly better. Even if it does, even if he doesn't become all NBA or, or become a regular all-star, just, just that skill alone is going to help them. Um, you know, I I've taken to comparing Jabari Smith to uh, another former magic player, Richard Lewis. Um, he's yeah. got kind of the, the athletic, you know, Richard Lewis, people forget in the Seattle days that he was a super athlete, could put, put could put smaller guys on the block um, and post them up, which I, I know Jabari can do a little bit as well. Um, and then when sure. he came to Orlando, he became this huge, huge defensive player. He was able to guard the likes of Kevin Garnett and spread them out to the three-point line and really help the Magic become 
the championship team that that they that they threatened to be or, or you know the championship contending team that they were um, in yeah. in the late aughts. Um, you know, you watch them a lot more than than I have. Is there an NBA player or or any any player that kind of comes to mind when you're thinking about and trying to to describe his style of play? Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't watch a lot of NBA. It's pretty much all college sports for me, with the exception of the NFL. So, um, but everything we read about this kid, and I don't think this is accurate now, but everything we read about this kid when he committed to Auburn, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's going to stay committed to Auburn. He's going to go G League and all that was 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 Kevin Durant. And, and it's like, okay, now we've seen more of him, and it's like uh, he's not the best offensive player ever. Like that, <laughs> you know, obviously, he's not that, but. I mean, as far as physically, I think you can see where they're coming from as far as what they thought, you know, maybe when this kid was 17. But that was all the talk on the planes, right? was before he came in. It's like, are we getting the next Kevin Durant? That's what everybody's comparing him to. Could this guy actually, got, you know, could, could Auburn get this guy? And obviously we got him. But, you know, still, I mean, there, there are weaknesses in his game um, more, than what Ke- more than what KD had. But, yeah, sadly, I'm not able to answer that as far as okay. what we know now. I, I apologize, Philip. No, no, I don't no, want to no. insult your, I, uh, your I listeners. Want, I, don't, I don't want to take you out of your your expertise, um, and and, yeah, and, and thanks, out of that, man. um, you know. So, so that, that that's on me for put for putting you on the spot. Oh, no, you're good, man. Um, you know, as as far as what you expect from you know Jabari moving forward, um, you know, I I'll, I'll give you this stage a little bit. Make the case for Jabari Smith to be the number one pick. I mean, it 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 feels like. You know, at least from yeah. reporting, which the Magic don't leak anything, so it isn't coming from the Magic, that there's sure. a lot of momentum that Jabari Smith is, is you know, the betting favorite to be the number one pick. But what yeah. is the biggest case for you to say that this guy is the best player in this draft class? I think you saw a guy that elevated the play of not just the players around him, but the entire program. You can't say that about Chet, and you can't say that about Paolo. And so I, I think when you look at you know, a situation where you know Orlando has not been a great basketball team as of late, and you need someone that can elevate the people around them and perhaps the program, I think it's Jabari. And there's something in that kid that a trigger switches once you start to poke him a little bit, because he's a pretty quiet guy. Once you start to poke him a little bit, um, you know, that dog comes out and you start seeing him jawing at people. And, and, uh, I, I just don't think you really saw that with Holmgren and, and, and really everybody else that's in this draft class. I, I think Jabari kind of sets himself away with all of that. Cause look, Jabari could have gone to Duke. Jabari could have gone to any of these blue blood schools and he didn't because he wanted to do his own thing. And, and I think, that says a lot about the confidence of this kid. And I think it says a lot about what he believes in himself. Um, the, <laughs> when, gosh, I, I think we were playing Vanderbilt, which is one of his better games as far as offense goes. We, um, I, I was watching the game at home with my wife, and my wife is not a, a sports person. And uh, she's like, man, number 10 just seems better than everybody else. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, and I think it's just that easy to see. And I, and I don't know if you could say that about the other guys. I, 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 I want to say this in the, the least sexist way that I can. If a player passes the wife test, 
yeah. then he's a pretty good player. Uh, that if, if a player gets that kind of notice from someone who's a non-sports person that isn't, you know, that doesn't know what they're watching, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good pretty good sign of 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 things. Um, you yeah. mentioned that kind of that kind of competitiveness. That's obviously super important in the NBA when you're playing against the best players. It's kind of the stuff of legends uh, when you get to the when you get to the NBA. But what is sort of the the hidden attribute? Um, that that you saw maybe hints of at, at, at Auburn that didn't maybe come out all the time or that, you know, observers like me that maybe drop in for a game here and there, you know, maybe watch the NCAA tournament or conference tournament games and kind of caught the big games. Uh, what's sure. kind of the hidden thing about Jabari that, that, you, that you notice about him uh, when you're watching him game to game, day to day? Yeah, I think when Auburn needed a shot, he was the only one that was really able to, to step up and do that. Um. And it didn't matter if guys were on him or not. I mean, his release is so quick. Um, and I mean, he's just so much longer than every other college player. I'm curious to see how that translates when everybody's long in the NBA. But um, I, I think it's that when the game is on the line, he's the guy that you wanted. And he did want the ball, despite, you know, our, our, you know what we were talking about in our conversation earlier, Philip. But this is a guy that, I mean, he's a gamer. Um, and and I, I don't really know how else to to put that. I mean, it's his teammates believed in him from day one, despite being the youngest guy on the roster, youngest guy on the team. And uh, I mean, Auburn played, it's a pretty big moment. I mean, we were the number one team for, for a big chunk of the season. And it it was because of Jabari Smith without Jabari Smith. This team does not win the sec. This team is not a two seed. Uh, In fact, they, they may be, you know, I mean, I don't know if you're confident going into selection Sunday, uh, if if you don't have Jabari Smith on this team. So I just think elevation, um, elevation of a program and elevation of the team and, and the players around them. Let's take a, another quick break so I can tell you a little bit about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online. Where the game starts. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. The NBA Finals obviously start Thursday. We're going to talk some NBA Finals. I will go on the record and make my official Finals prediction on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast to get you ready for the NBA Finals. Every single night, the Locked On NBA podcast is getting you set for the big stories around the NBA. And yes, we will be doing some draft talk here very, very soon. Also, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by our friend Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft mock draft player rankings and, of course, big boards. Your draft prep is not complete every day without the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Check it out today wherever you download podcasts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? 
It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously what everything you want to hear from, from an NBA side, someone that, that takes your franchise, that takes your program uh, to that next level. Um, while I have you here, um, you know, there's, there, there's another guy that, that I'd love to get your, your opinion on. It's obviously been a few years since he was last at Auburn. He's a guy yeah. that we all love here in Orlando. We're all still trying to get him to break out of his shell a little bit, um, but everyone sure. here in Orlando loves him. But um, what is what is your favorite Chuma Okiki memory? Uh, what what is what is what is something that that we don't yet know about Chuma Okiki that 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 you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, just super athletic, right? And, and just uh, just a great community guy. I'm sure he's super involved in helping uh, helping the community in Orlando. But you know, I, I guess my favorite Chuma story is, is actually when he got hurt in the NCAA tournament, and Auburn went to the Final Four that year. But he got hurt, and um, Auburn rallied around the whole, you know, Fortuma battle cry. And you saw uh, uh, Bryce Brown, who was one of the leading scorers that season, at the free throw line in a crunch time situation. It may have been an overtime against Kentucky in the Elite Eight, and you saw you saw him mouthing the words for Chuma, for Chuma, and he made both of the shots. So I, I think anytime somebody brings up Chuma Kiki at Auburn, they think about for Chuma because I mean. That's really when he started coming out, right? I mean, that's when he yeah. became, you know, a, a first-round draft pick was the NCAA tournament. It's like, oh, my gosh, where has this guy been? <laughs> and then, you know, it, it stinks. He gets hurt. But, um, yeah, Chumo Kiki, what a what – a, it seems like when he's healthy, um, he balls out. It's just um, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for long periods of time, which is a big shame. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, whenever, whenever he's kind of – had prolonged stretches of, of play whenever he's been able to play consistently. Yeah. Like he gets that three point shot. He, he can, he makes three pointers in bunches and it's just about kind of getting him comfortable. You know, I, I always tell people with, with torn ACLs just from my experience watching them, not having them. Um, sure. It's, it's a year to recover and then it's a full year to get back to full strength. And obviously you had the pandemic thrown in during the mid, middle of his recovery and it's just kind of been sure. slow going. It's, it's going to be a big year for Chuma. Um, but to, to, to that point, you know, I could tell you, for a fact, everyone here in Orlando loves Chumo Kiki. Fans want more or, of or, him. Or y'all ticked? I know a lot of people were really shocked and upset that he went that high. You know, him going probably higher than a lot of people projected him. And then also, uh, you know, drafting a guy that was injured. What was your reaction when that happened? I was I was surprised when they took him um, because I, yeah. I had that pick pegged as the Magic need to get something out of this. Like, they... so. They so they were coming off the 2019 playoff run. It was their first playoff in seven years, and I was like, and and they were capped out. They weren't going to be able to add anyone in the off season. So when I approached that draft, I, I kind you know not that I thought Chumo Kiki was a bad player or anything. I kind of sure. didn't have him on my board because I was I, I thought the Magic needed to get an impact a player who could impact immediately. They they weren't going to be able to add players anywhere else. They needed someone who was going to come to the roster, be able to play a role. And, and to granted, if Chumo Kiki were fully healthy. 
16 you getting him at 16 would have been a steal would have been a great would have been a great pick um it turns out that the magic had that idea somewhat too they deferred they deferred him that year they they had him work out in lakeland in the g league um and and obviously it's it's been well you know for the most part worked the weight on him just again the injury issues kind of messing up his rhythm and and his routine a little bit um and, and to to your point you know kind of the fortuma point everyone on this magic team absolutely loves this kid um, they love him to death. They say he's the funniest dude on the team, and and uh, like all the media members are like, "Ha!" Huh? Like, what do you like? He, he he's you know still like kind of breaking out of his shell, yeah, publicly. But like behind the scenes, apparently, just everybody loves this dude. Um, you know, obviously yeah. he's he's got the mu- the music career going uh, uh, as well, and and just a sure. just a just just a just seems like the most chill dude. And so you know, if, if anyone if you know anyone at Auburn that could tell Chuma like, hey. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be to be open around around us here in Orlando. We're 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 a small we're a small town too. Um, you know, we, yeah. we 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 want more of Chuma. Yeah. No, Chuma Chuma's fantastic. No, I mean, if Jabari goes one, and, and he and uh, he and Chuma play next to each other, I mean, just get ready. Auburn fans are loyal, and Auburn fans are extremely passionate. So get ready for a. Uh, for a, a massive wave of orange and blue from East Alabama headed your way. And and there's a lot of Auburn alums here in Orlando as well. And right. uh, orange yeah. and blue are kind of our colors. Anyway, we have the, we have we, our blues, our primary color. Orange is our, sure. is our alternate Jersey color for, for the orange Jersey Knights. Um, Zach, I want to thank you for coming on, uh, telling us a little bit about Jabari Smith. Obviously everyone here in Orlando is really excited about having a number one pick really excited about the prospect of bringing in Jabari Smith Jr. There's obviously a lot of work to do um, before the draft on on June 23rd. But uh, for anyone who wants to follow you over at Locked On Auburn, uh, tell 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 everyone where they can find you. Yeah, Locked On Auburn, where uh, wherever you get your podcast, you can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby, and I cover the Auburn Tigers for Sports Illustrated, and uh, we're writing a lot of Jabari Smith, a lot of Walker Kessler. I know we mentioned him uh, earlier in the show as well. Um, so if you want the the college perspective. Um, uh, that side of it, check all that out at auburndaily.com. Definitely, definitely check that out. I, I, I'm sure it's popping up on all my, um, all my Google alerts at, at the least, but I'll definitely be uh, checking that out as well. Um, you can of course find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to my podcast as well as locked on Auburn on Apple podcasts. If you're tuning in Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. You could follow me as well on Twitter at, uh, at locked on magic. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando magic, be sure to check out Orlando magic daily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at O magic daily for Zach, for me, this is this has been Phil Boston right now. Locked on magic. magic daily. This is your next time for another episode. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.